what a great morning of worship, and uh, what a good time to to be able to celebrate the birth of Christ. And I think really just to pause and ask how we respond to this um, knowledge that Mary had and what God has likewise given to us. I, I love the second chapter of the book of Luke and really don't want to leave some of the thoughts that we had last week. And in fact, just want to take a couple of minutes to, to suggest some ways that our church is responding to these thoughts. For instance, in Luke, the second chapter, verses 36, 37, 38, it's just, just some phenomenal folks who, who are living out the Advent. The Advent is defined as an eager expectation or anticipation of something much expected. And that's really where we want to land is saying, God, we, we sit on the edge of our seats anticipating that the Son of Man, the King of glory, has drawn near to us. And He is inviting us into His, His kingdom story and His kingdom advance. And um, I love the story of Anna and Simeon. Anytime I think of this eager expectation, eager anticipation of something that is greatly anticipated, I, I think of these two. And I, and I love the words we read last week in, in the second chapter of the book of Luke. And it said these words, there was a prophetess named Anna. She is the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after a marriage and then a widow until she was 84. She had never left the temple. She worshiped day and night and she prayed and she fasted. Now, I love that picture. I think that the thing that's just parked in my heart that we mentioned last week was this idea that she never left the temple. There were, there was not this surrounding by a group of people who were highly expected and that's why she was caught up in the jubilation. That's not her story. There, there was not a lot of activity or a lot of excitement or anticipation going on at that time. That's not her story. Anna's story is extraordinarily simple. There was a conviction of what she didn't yet see. And there was a, a passion of, by faith of what had not yet been shown. And she just sat in the moments and she prayed and she fasted because here's what she knew about her God. That her God had revealed Himself in powerful ways at the, at the, at the building of the ark at the worship of the people. They had revealed Himself in the building of the temple. And this is where she found herself just parked in the temple and just simply saying, God, I know that You continue to move. You are the same God. You are the God of yesterday. You are the God of today. And You're the God of forever. And so I just sit here with an expectant heart just pleading for You to move and I'm going to fast until You move and pray until You move. And I believe that, I believe that changes our lives. And I don't think um, the choir has been amazing, and we'll thank them in a few minutes. Here's good news. Um, we, we're going to hear more. We're going to worship more, and not even just in this room, but as we walk out in this day and through our lives, we're going to worship more. But I, th- I think that, that what we should be sitting and saying is this, God, what, what does this Advent, this expectancy, this, this much this much-anticipated movement of your Spirit. God, I know this because I am a New Testament follower of Jesus Christ. I know that your Spirit fell in the temple. I know that prior to that, when the ark moved, God, you moved. I know that you, you were fire by night and you were cloud by day. God, I know that as we just watched on the video, you came near. I know all of that, Lord. I know that you were dead, buried, and resurrected. I know this about you. I know that when the church gathered and they poured out their hearts, you fell. I know all of those things and, and I need, I think that what we need in this room as we, as we sing these, these beautiful 
hymns and as we listen to this incredible worship, we need a group of Annas who are sitting and saying, we know all of that about you, God. We know how you have historically moved. So we're anticipating right now that you will move likewise today. That, that just seems to be what God would be speaking into a moment like this, that we would never leave the temple, if you will, although it's better than that. We are the temple of the living God. We hold him. We are a chosen people, a royal nation, a holy priesthood, a people, listen to this, a people who belong to God, and here's why, so that we can declare his glory. I've, I've just been running around um, the last couple of days with a lot of different parties and different things with this church and getting to eat way too much and celebrate. It's not too way too much. It's been extraordinary to hang out with so many of you and to hear the stories of what God is doing. I think the eager anticipation of, of things that are much awaited play themselves out in so many different ways. I mean, it plays itself out in this way where Mark Powell was standing and talking to me about his whole class and a whole slew of people where, where we're going to gather. We're, we won't get to see this. We just kind of, by faith, live in conviction that the Advent means something extraordinary and expected and unexpected. I mean, we get as a church to celebrate with an entire cottage of children in the children's home right downtown because, because a group here never left the temple. And that's, that has more legs than just, oh, wow, that's good. I mean, there's over 110 gifts given to kids who are currently in foster care because we gather and we worship. To me, that feels like the Advent. That feels like God has drawn near to us. I, I walked into our senior adult class and I listened to them telling stories and there were pleas going on saying, look, we're having such an opportunity to feed people and then hands start going up in the air today as they're raising their hands saying, look, we've given this. We need to give this. These people need to be fed and we think God has called us to do that because we eagerly anticipate something amazing from our God and we're just gonna, we're gonna rest in Him and give our lives and our food away because because it's the Advent and we never leave the temple. People rejoice because of that. I've, I've just been listening to stories. Um, I, can I just talk about the senior adults again, Dr. D? I, I love this story. I'm just, he just leaned up in my ear and whispered and said, you know that, you know that World Relief family that you guys picked up? We're going to be delivering, um, scads of love and hope to them. A family of people who don't yet know the Messiah. A family of people who are worshiping yet not in fullness. The family of people who are being drawn by a body of Christ toward this Messiah. And our senior adults are just kind of stepping in and saying, we think 10 people who were two weeks ago in Afghanistan or actually in India from Afghanistan, they're going to celebrate Christmas and the revelation of the Advent for the very first time in our nation and we should celebrate with them. That's To me, that's why we're here. Um, I, I got to talk with a friend of the World Relief, the organization that serves all the refugees, and they were just so excited they looked at me and said, please tell your church so that we can tell all the churches that right now we have um, every refugee family that has come to this nation in the past year represented by the churches that celebrate Jesus Christ in this city and that there's a waiting list for people to serve refugees. I, I, that just feels a little bit, cons- how do you say that? Conspiratorial. It feels a little bit like the Advent, like there's a group of body of Christ followers that doesn't just make up Mandarin, but scattered throughout the city. I love that um, this Saturday, uh, this Friday, a group of our students will go into city rescue and they will serve Christmas dinner and that our students will stand in the middle of that fray. It, to me, that just feels like the gospel of Jesus Christ fleshed out in tangible ways, like a group of people gather and worship and it changes lives, you know? 
Like when, when Jesus was born and he came onto this earth and he brought hope to the world and he did that and then he imbued that opportunity and privilege to join him in the ministry of reconciliation and he called the church to do that. These kind of stories make me feel like we're in church. You know, this where a whole slew of our students will be standing down at City Rescue just serving them. And oh, by the way, they're not the first ones to leave because I just saw on Facebook yesterday a group of our Bible study. I didn't know anything about this until I glanced through last night about 11 o'clock where you guys are standing down. Nice hat, Sebastian, by the way. It looked fantastic. As you guys just sat in the middle and served yesterday, or better than that, or equal with that, another guy who's sitting on the front row, Doc, who just thinks that the homeless ought to have socks. And so 200 pair of socks will go with our students down to City Rescue just to be dispersed along with the message of the grace of Christ attached to every, attached to every sock. Just This feels like the Advent, but it was really the, the Advent that just moved my heart as I was reading um, Anna Never Left the Temple. Um, I had such a sacred moment last week that I asked Kim if she would come and share this moment with us. We were standing and talking about um, that message last week and what that message meant to her and Kim Carr was, we were standing literally right here, so we should duplicate this. We were standing right here, and she just shared with me with tears running down her face as to how God has spoken into her heart and, and what Luke 2.37 has really meant for her. And um, so I asked Kim while we were standing here, both of us kind of, you know, uh, there, there was dust in the air. There was something going on. I said, can we just take a moment in the midst of our worship next week to just share the story of, of how God has spoken and what, what it meant for her to never leave the temple. And so um, I just had three questions that I wanted to throw out. And so the first one, this is fun. There's a picture actually coming up from your childhood right now. And, and you were listening. I think you said you were a four-year-old little girl. Mm-hmm. And you were listening to the little drummer boy. And I'll just let you pick up from there. God just kind of birthed an advent in your heart. Yes, I was four years old, and Mom and Dad had been decorating the house that day, and there was a leftover box of stuff. So I decided to go into my own little world in my bedroom, and I put on the records, and I was putting the Christmas lights around my bed, and Little Drummer Boy came on. And I always cry when I talk about this, but um, right there, I just literally fell on my rear end crying beyond not just a little kid's cry but I was suddenly struck with the greatness of this gift and the fact that I had absolutely nothing to give back I was a Catholic kid I didn't know I was a sinner I didn't know Jesus came to pay for sin All I knew was a great gift from God was there, and I had nothing to give back. My parents came running in to see what all the fuss was about, and I could not even tell them what was wrong. But as I've been fasting from media, asking the Lord to pay our mortgage at the ILC, um, the Lord brought that memory back to me. And as I've literally been trying to leave a lot of quiet time in my life right now, he would speak to me and say, that's when I called you. That was when I chose you. So you're four years old, right? Four years old. So you're four years old. You're kind of The little one on the left. That's awesome. Nice baby doll. Thank you. That was the Tubsy doll. (laughs) 
So you're four, you're having this incredible encounter with the Lord, and just he's birthing something within you that you couldn't even explain at that point. And so we should flash forward. I'm not going to say how many years, probably 20, you know, 21, 22 years. 48 years later. To today. You can say that. I can't. And so um, for those of you that don't know, I want you to meet Kim Carr. I didn't introduce her out the gate. Kim is a part of our fellowship, um, has been for many years. And Kim, along with Brent, and I don't know all the stories, um, helped to launch a ministry about 12 years ago called the International Learning Center, uh, this incredible ministry. So the little drummer boy was playing when you were four. Yes. And then there's a um, picture coming on the screen right now from last Friday night, I believe it was. Yeah, at the and ILC. And so um, this, this picture is a group of people that kind of brought a four-year-old to um, a little bit older than that now to today. Um, you were listening to Little Drummer Boy. And just tell us a little bit about how God spoke to your heart. And maybe we should set up what's happening in the room right now, like in this room. In this room are all of the International Learning Center families, or I should say about 70% of them because many still have to work. And uh, they're all having dinner and singing songs that they have prepared in their class. I did not realize, as um, now I'm blessed with an administrative assistant, I did not realize that Little Drummer Boy was going to be saying that night. I did not look over this um, agenda as Becca had that handled. But they all came up with instruments, and Little Drummer Boy started to play. And I'm sitting back there trying not to let everybody see the tears streaming down my face. As I looked out over the nations, and I realized I finally had something to give. All these years later, I finally had a gift that I could give to my Jesus. So there's um, 90 plus people groups that are represented at the International Learning Center. And uh, I think the thing that we want to hear is that Anna's not a Luke 2 story that you leave packaged back there, but it's a response from all of us. It's the opportunity for us to simply say to the Lord, or really maybe to have a heart hope before the Lord. And I don't know where you're about to go with the last question, so I hope I don't steal your thunder, but to literally say as children, Christ, we're so grateful that you have come and given us this great gift. But as we mature and grow, our hands become gratefully and greatly impassioned to be able to lift a gift of our our passion to lift high his name back to him and say, God, the only thing that I would love to hear from you, the only thing that I would love to be able to give back and hear ringing from the heavens is well done. And we were talking about this, and I just said, you know, what would be a four-year-old deeply sensing God's presence 48 years later, being able to stand in the middle of that, talking about Anna, I just kind of said to you, what would be an encouragement you would share with this body as we worship some more? Um, What would you want to say as you prepare to walk off of the stage for this morning? I would say that if God can speak into the heart of a lost home, a lost four-year-old with his greatness and our lack of any ability to do anything about it on our, ourselves, that if we will but fall on our face before our Lord and present ourselves as an offering 
and literally die to our own agenda, die to ourself, die to the tape trappings of tradition, and just present yourself an offering. It is limitless what God can do with that soul. Amen. Can you say thanks to Kim for sharing her story? Thank you. So, um, Todd, was that not a perfect segue to offering? I mean, I can't, uh, I, we, we don't, I don't know how in a day like today where we just are having a, a day of worship to respond, but I think Kim set it up perfectly. I mean, some of you may be sitting in this room and literally saying this morning, I, I want to identify my life with this church. We, we want to give you that opportunity. I mean, I, I have no doubt that some of you in this room, as you watched a video and have listened to songs throughout this day, really haven't fully comprehended. Honestly, maybe you're like him and you're a four-year-old at heart and you have just had this incredible calling of God on your soul. Well, there's, there's going to be Ryan Ship. He's one of our pastors, Dr. Davis. I'll be here. We're going to sing a song that just says, Lord, you're, you're, you're the offering. And, and therefore, because you have offered yourself to us, we give ourselves back as an offering of praise to you. Um, as we sing that song, here's what I would love, though. Because that kind of leaves, you know, who needs to join this church? Who needs to make a decision for Christ? Well, this is a 100%er opportunity. I, I'm just wondering what your socks are. And, and I'm not talking about your physical socks. You can not look at your feet right now. I'm just wondering what you are looking at God and saying, God, I really want to give my life. As Kim said so poignantly, I want to die to self, die to the trappings of this season. I want to die to the things that are not of you. And God, I want to give my life to you so that one day, somewhere, somehow, through fasting, prayer, and a life lived faithfully for you, I can simply say, Jesus, I think that you're happy with this. I think you love this. And I just wonder what your offering is today. And I wonder if you will wrestle with the Lord for a bit. Because see, here's Anna. She had eager expectation of something much anticipated and yet did not know what that was. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And here's the statement you should take away this morning. It is the conviction of things that you don't yet see. I don't think a four-year-old sat in her room crying with a conviction that we're going to stand before 90-plus people in 48 years. She simply said, saying, Jesus, I'm convicted that there is something that you want to do through me. And I'm going to posture my life in such a way to allow that to happen. Can we just sing this song? If you need to respond, Ryan will be here. Dr. D will be here. Can you stand with me? Can you worship with me? Can we let this be our echo to the Lord? We give an offering of praise to you, Father.